Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Janice M. I'm a, and I'm from Massachusetts. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today's Tuesday. It's July 11th. 2017 and we're at the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. We're in chapter five, how it works, and we're going to begin reading on page 66. We're going to read paragraph two, three, and four, ending up on page 67 with the words, thy will be done. Now this morning, the 12 steps will be read by Melissa K. The 12 traditions by Bonnie G. I'm going to change this around. Um, our readers for the text will be John K., uh, page 64, Eileen, uh, uh, Gina R. Gina R is going to be doing that. Okay. Um, now, the share IDs, I have two for you. Yesterday, Monday, July 10th, 2017, the 10 a.m. meeting, Eastern Time, was 10,001. Three six one zero one three six five digits. And today's seven a.m. meeting is ten thousand one hundred thirty-eight. That's one zero one three eight. Uh, OA preamble: Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who's who shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Melissa Kay to please read OA's 12 steps. May I be heard? You, yes, you do. You are heard. Okay, good morning. This is Melissa Kay, Grateful Recovering Compulsive Overeater from Tennessee. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 
7. Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 8. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for allowing me to do service. And thank you so much, Melissa Kay. Okay, I will now ask Bonnie G. to please read OA's 12 Traditions. This is Bonnie G. in South Florida. These are the 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Thus, problems of money, prosperity, and property and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should never remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service. And thank you, Bonnie G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. 
We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then be sure to press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Well, today we're going to resume our study of the big book, and we're going to begin. The first reader, John Kay, will be reading from page 66. It's going to read three paragraphs, starting with paragraph two, um, and ending on page 67, with thy will be done. Please go ahead, John Kay. Good morning. This is John Kiernan, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Los Angeles. If we were to live, we had to be free of anger. The grouch and the brainstorm were not for us. They may be the dubious luxury of normal men, but for alcoholics, these things are poison. We turned back to the list, for it held the key to the future. We were prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. We began to see that the world and its people really dominated us. In that, that state, the wrongdoing of others, fancied or real, had power to actually kill. How could we escape? We saw that these resentments must be mastered, but how? We could not wish them away any more than alcohol. This was our course. We realized that people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. Though we did not like their symptoms and the way these disturbed us, they, like ourselves, were sick too. We asked God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience, he would cheerfully grant a sick friend. When a person offended, we said to ourselves, this is a sick man. How can I be helpful to him? God save me from being angry. Thy will be done. Wow. Lots of, uh, I've had lots of yellow on my book here in these paragraphs. I don't know about you. Um, still John's the compulsive eater. Um, you know, we had to be free of anger. It is the dubious luxury of normal men, you know. Uh, when I first came into the program and was got into reading this you know, big book, I thought, man, I was never supposed to be angry. You know, I'm supposed to walk around like a monk or Gandhi or something like that, and nothing was ever supposed to bother me. Somehow I was going to miraculously transcend human emotions, but, you know, that's not possible. Things happen, often justifiable things that'll make us, in the moment, angry. Now, that's called life. Um, you know, things that make me angry now, you know, mostly things that annoy me, they don't really get angry. They're transient things in my life now, and they pass. Why? For me, it's because I'm not longer walking around with that long-term anger I had when I first came to the program. I look back, I was an angry person. Not that you'd know it most of the time. I would smile, be happy and likable, and you'd think, oh, this is a pretty happy guy, you know, which I was, as long as everything was going my way. But underneath, I, I always used to say I was five degrees off boiling, you know, and as long as the heat didn't go up, everything was fine. But a lot of times it, it didn't, and then I wasn't a pleasant person to be around. You know? But the other thing about that anger is it, it did become my master. You know, I would churn with it. It would dominate my thoughts a lot of times. Things that people had done to me, people had wronged me, horrible. And, you know, poor me, poor me, you know, poor me is no shake. Um, but that anger and those people, like it says here, when I look back at it, yes, they did dominate me because it was so much in my thoughts. And I, you know, I wanted to be back in control of my life and how I react to these things, you know. Um, 
I heard a great line in another program once talking about how to live life. He said to learn to act, not react. And most of my life I spent reacting, you know, and thus this line, uh, you know, these resentments must be mastered. Uh, it's important. Uh, what happened to change me, I think, was that the, I stopped being the center of the universe. Now, once I started to become less self-centered by working these steps, you know, I could see things from a different perspective. I could realize everybody I dealt with was like me, you know, a flawed human being. And uh, and that they had a higher power, I have a higher power. And sometimes, as it says in this book, these people are going to do things to me that are beyond just simple human foibles. You know, today I like myself, and I know I don't do anything that would generate people doing bad things back to me. Thus, if somebody does, I can look now and say, hey, this is a sick person. Only sick people hurt people without provocation. You know, as I also heard in that other program, hurt people hurt people, you know. And so, again, a dubious luxury for me, and especially as I mentioned in the beginning, occasionally things will be justified well. That's the one that's the most dangerous for me because then, oh, if something's justified, I get to take all the stops off and go totally nuts. And then in the end, it's only hurting me. You know, like it says, you know, many times you've heard, you know, it's like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. It's my stomach that gets churned up. And in the end, then I'll wrap up with the idea that all of these things that they tell me to do for reasons that in the beginning seemed like very altruistic, I realized they're, they're for my self-preservation. In a lot of ways, they're very selfish. But I'm the one who doesn't walk around with the guts churning up. I'm the one who's no longer walking around five degrees up the toilet. I'm the one who found a relationship with a higher power. And it's just made me a lot happier and peaceful person. And with that, I pass. Well, thank you, John Kay. Okay, we're going to open up the floor now for those that would like to share on page 66, okay. paragraph 2. Three and four. Yes. Who would like to share? Mm. Yeah. Could you Gina spell R? that name? Yeah. Just a moment, because I don't know how to say that. Your your name. It's a lovely name. Spell it, please. L I A T. Yes. And the last initial. She is in Tom. She is in David. Thank you so much. I'm going to make sure I record that and remember it. Yeah. Okay. And somebody else. There. Who? Gina R. Gina. Sarah. Okay. We have Gina R. Next. With Sarah. A. Again, two people. Sarah S. Okay. Sarah S. Another person. Rib K. Sandy S. Rib K. Is it Rib K? Ripka, A. Ripka, Ripka, A. Okay, yes. let's go with those four. I'm sorry. All right, we'll get it going. Um, let me just close my thing. Okay, Leah TD, please go ahead. Leah. Good morning, everybody. This is Leah TD from California. Um, what a wonderful passage. You know, I was while well, I was uh, I'm walking here and listening to this, and I, and my husband is recovered alcoholic right by me and he said the word in order for us to live and I worked a whole lifetime to be a nice person you know I thought you know if I could just be a nice person and people will love me then they're not going to hurt me or I don't know that was my philosophy and to be a nice person that was my but 
you know, things that was, were done hurt me, you know, and the way I perceive it as being an oversensitive and overreactive person, it, I, I was walking around with a pain trying to be nice. You know, if I can just be nice to people, then they're not going to hurt me. And I'm so grateful for the instructions in the book that I need to be free of this thing that is occupying my mind, not so I can be free, and so I could be nice. And being nice is not going to free me. You know, I need to forgive these people, and I need to let those resentments go so I can breathe, so I can live, because I couldn't live. You know, I was obsessing about it. I felt like I was walking around as a victim. Life didn't work for me. I didn't. I wasn't able to handle relationships. Um Everything that everyone said, there was triggers, you know. Oh, he triggers my childhood. They trigger this. Everything was triggering everything. I thought there's triggers. Oh, it's because of that. There was blaming, and you know, and I needed to be free of it, whether it was right or wrong. And I needed to understand that these people, whatever they've done, they would do it to anyone. If there was James in front of them, that's what James will get. This is how they handle their life. It was not intentionally, personally to me. It was something that they were doing. This is the way they can, they handle their lives. Not only that, I had to realize that it's not them that I'm, I was hurt by, but what they did, you know. So if it was a different person with a different name, it's what they did that hurt me. It's not them and their faces. So I just had to realize that, you know, these behaviors, these flawed behaviors, like I mentioned before, hurt me. And, but I, but they were boo-boos. They made mistakes. They didn't know how to live differently. And I needed to forgive them. And I, and not so I can live. I love you all. God willing, see you in the conference. Thank you so much, Liot TD. Okay, Gina R., it's your turn, please. Thank you so much, Janice. This is Gina R., um, recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body calling from Colorado. Um, let's set my timer. I, I just want to go back just for, to the sentence from yesterday because it ties into the beginning sentence for today. And with us to drink is to die. And then it says, if we were to live. And that is my situation right now is I am realizing that now that the food is down, I am actually getting an opportunity to live. And the the bottom line is, is I really don't know how to do it. For so many years, I let that, um, and I loved what John said earlier, he's like only five degrees away from boiling. That's how I I feel. I've just kind of been this low, roiling um, had had this low roiling anger all the time, and I thought that was normal. I thought that's what everybody felt that you know we live in a a broken world, we have a lot of stress, everybody has too much to do um, and I just thought that's how everybody felt, and it really wasn't until about oh, I'd say two years ago that the light started going on where I was seeing that, no, that isn't really how it is. 
And then a year ago when my person who, my Ebby Thatcher showed me that that is not how it has to be and that we can be free from this anger. Um, the grouch and the brainstorm were not for us. They may be the dubious luxury of normal men. Well, if you look up dubious, um, that's a real fancy word. And I think when I read this before, I used to think, well, that's for me. And I always thought I was normal. I, I thought that's just how everybody was. But dubious actually means questionable. I think the writers at this time were being kind of sarcastic. They're like, this really isn't good for anybody but if you are normal it could be a questionable luxury for you but for sure for alcoholics these things are poison and so that's the other thing is just understanding when you really start to know what your foods are that are alcoholic for you and you put them down somehow some way there's a miracle that happens where the, the poisonous thoughts also start to be released. The poisonous emotions are able to be handled in a way that's healthy and not just for you, but where you can actually be of service to others. And I'm just delighted that I'm in the flow of this right now and I'm so appreciative of everybody who's come before me and those that will continue to touch my life and those I will be able to help as well. And with that, I pass. And thank you so much, Gina R. Okay, Sarah S., it's your turn. Hi, good morning. It's Sarah F. from New York. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share and for having this meeting. Um, talking about anger, um, I recently had something, that, an incident that happened that was very hurtful to a member of my family. And, you know, most people's reaction would have been tremendous, tremendous anger at uh, the people, you know, at the other party that, you know, caused it to happen. And um, my initial reaction was like I felt so hurt for my um, family member, and I felt so sad for the people who had, you know, um, inflicted this hurt. And and these these feelings were really, really, really like very strong in me. And I was talking to my sponsor, and she said, "I can't believe it. That's like program working. You know, you're not you're not playing a blame game. You're not you know um, you're not angry." And the truth was, you know, like that that was my initial reaction. And like about a few days later, something happened that threw the incident in my face, and there wasn't anger there. I felt it, but my sponsor had told me, "Listen, this is something you've got to pray on." And, you know, like as it happened, like I calmed myself down, I prayed, I said, I'm just going to handle it, you know, let, let it go by. And, you know, it's taking time to let that anger abate. But thankful for program that it's giving me some of these tools to reach out for people to help me, you know, gain clarity through 10 steps, like what's going on, to, to pray about it. And, but I would like to say, like, at the same time, like sometimes it's even harder, those daily little incidents that happen that to, you know, control our anger in them. You know, like this was a very, very big incident that happened in my family. But like sometimes like those little incidents, like, you know, a child doesn't clean up after they, a grown child doesn't clean up after they made themselves a snack and you come in hours later and the whole kitchen's a mess or leaving their shoes out or, you know, laundry all over their floor. You know, sometimes those things are even harder to catch ourselves and say, you know, God, like, this is not about me. I don't have to be angry, you know, it, it's just, you know, something I have to pray for them. I, I can, you know, guide them in a way, but not be preachy. 
and um, you know, hopefully use this program to keep our anger in check that, you know, this is not what I'm not going to get angry about it because like I said, it's not about me and you know, God has to give me the the um ability to like accept these things and accept these people for what they are and you know move on and say like you know you know I have to do what's what what I have to do and I have to pray for them that they can find some um you know they can find the right way to get out of the, the, you know the, get, get get to the right way themselves as well and thank you so much and I pass okay thank you so much Sarah S okay Ripka A please it's your turn hi hi can you hear can you hear I can I can all right thank you so very much thank you for your service and uh, a good morning to everyone out there this is Rivka A recovered compulsive overeater coming to you from Israel and um, you know I'm I'm looking at the words about Thought and tried to have our own way. The worst matters got. Um, that's me getting in the way, crossing everybody's boundaries, their fence lines, breaking down fence communication lines. Um, always uh, with futility and unhappiness, trying to figure out a way to get other people to listen and understand what I want. And, uh, you know, and with a lot of anger and resentment because I've not been getting it right with people and, uh, you know, squandering away the hours, you know, that are wasted uh, with useless uh, depression and all the stuff that goes with it. Just a string of uh, calamity that I bring into other people's lives because I think that I need to, uh, without being asked, just kind of uh, wangle my way into tell you how things ought to go. Focusing on your stuff, it's like my thinking is being bounced around daily, um, doing a visitation in my head uh, into other people's business and into their lives, and um, you know that uh, that brainstorming. I'm a, I'm being a grouch of complaining, uh, a negative attitude. And yet I'm always brainstorming. I'm coming up with an idea that I think you will agree to. And why? Because all the time I'm trying to find happiness in others. My dependency is based upon the situation and the people instead of dependency upon God. And so I'm looking for your attention uh, to me, the approval I need and acceptance and love and, uh, I'm not looking in the right places, looking for love in all the wrong places, you know, and this program has taught me that there's a solution to these problems. And I basically am the problem, not the food. And so, you know, there I am bounced around negatively harboring horrible feelings and, you know, bringing uh Serenity is is nowhere to be found. I'm just bringing a lot of more trouble into people's lives. I'm stealing people's serenity and also my own. And it's till I can, you know, just look at these steps, work these steps, change the attitude, attitude and action, and be willing to be changed, having that psychic change that the big book talks about in the doctor's opinion, and, uh, you know, being wanting to be free of the uh, these defects of character. Because, you know, I've had a problem with, you know, that, you know, it doesn't bother me what you do to me. And I'm just lying, just denial about, you know, things that don't affect me. 
when in fact the big book is, is clearly giving us direction in regard to uh, resentment, the causes, and how it affects us. And I resented the idea that it had affected me. But here it is, and if I just maintain honest, open-mindedness and willingness, you know, things do get better, and my life gets better. And I'm able to do life because of this program, because of God, the people in these, in these rooms. And uh, I want to thank you all for listening. This is Rip A from Israel. And thank you so much, Ripka A. Okay, we're going to take another little group. Who would like to comment next on page 66, paragraph 2, 3, and 4? Kathleen O. Kathleen O. Okay. Anybody else? Karen S. Oh, you're so kind. Everybody's nice and slow. Karen S., did you say? S is in Sam. Yes. Okay, Karen. Anybody else? Okay. Rocky I. Rocky, is it? Rocky I. Sherry yes. KB. Rocky I. Sarah KB. Sherry KB. Sherry, Sherry. Yes, Sherry KB. Okay, see, I'm getting to learn some of you. And one more. Let's take one more. Reggie O. Reggie. All right, Reggie O. All right, let's go. <laughs> Kathleen O. A lot of O's. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Janice. This is Kathleen O. Gratefully recovered in California. And I it's interesting how it says uh, you know, the grouch and the brainstorm that resentment and anger and it's a luxury that normal people can afford. Um, but I have to say I've seen normal people who have that luxury and it doesn't bring them happiness either. So um, I, I think that's, you know, I, I will frequently say I'm, I'm a grateful compulsive overeater because if I hadn't gotten into 12-step program, if I hadn't had a weight problem and I didn't need 12 steps, I would be a thin, miserable person. So I'm grateful that I'm a compulsive overeater because now I can be a thin, happy person with these steps. Um, so, you know, I can't afford the luxury of resentments and anger. Um, they really are poison for me. And when I do have a resentment and I feel like I've been wronged, I mean, if, if I've done wrong, I'll make amends. But if I feel like I've been wronged, it's really, those are the harder ones for me to let go of. And I was told to pray every day for the person I had a resentment against and to pray that that person would have everything they wanted in their life and that they'd be filled with love and happiness. And so I, the first time I tried that, I, I would say the prayer and, and wish for those things for them with my words, but it was not happening in my brain. I did it with a lot of resistance, and, um, and I didn't want to do it, but I did it. And sometimes it would take, you know, a month of saying, praying for that person every day, but eventually this kind of um, serenity and peace would come around. That's not me that's making that background noise. Someone's unmuted. Um, I would find this peace and serenity that I, when I would think of that person. And, and that's really a miracle. You know, this is about changing me. It's not about changing them. Um, I frequently say that I will be done because it's not my job to decide the path of any person. Um, I need to leave that up to 
you know, the greater power to God. Um, and, you know, what's really, what I find really helpful too is that prayer of St. Francis. Um, if I can remember that, you know, and just ask that I can comfort rather than be comforted, to love rather than be loved, to understand rather than be understood, um, you know, the forgiveness will give, will give me peace. And, and this, this step four really is the key that opens the door to freedom and happiness. And thank you. I pass. Hmm. And thank you, Kathleen O. Okay, Karen S., it's your turn. Karen S. Hmm. Maybe we lost Karen, and maybe we'll call on her after Rocky I. Rocky I, are you available? Good morning. Can I be heard? Who is this? This is Rocky. Hi, this yes. Oh, sorry. Okay, let's have Rocky and then Karen, you can come in. I'm glad you're here. Go ahead, Rocky. All right. So good morning. This is Rocky. I recovered in Tempe, Arizona. And um my I have a whole bunch of underlying lines uh of what we read, but I like this of we were to leave if we were to leave we had to be free of anger. And I was like, how? How do I want to, how? How do you get rid of it? And uh, um, my my comment is that, yes, there is a way you can get rid of it. It's all a step four and a step ten. And um, I was taught, you know, if it bothers me even a hair, uh, I should put it on paper. Because uh, I, I would question, how about this? This is insignificant. Well, if it's bothering you, because uh, resentment is the number one offender. And so if it bothers you, put it on step four and, and step ten, wherever you are at in your program. And so I leave with my little ten-step journal. Every day, every day, I ten-step everything. There's no statute of limitations on how many the sentence can you use or can I use? And uh, this gives me in good spiritual condition. So if there's a newcomer or if there's an old-timer in the line and you're angry, um, if you're new, work your steps, learn the steps, and put it on paper, get rid of it. And if you're an old-timer, uh, get your head out of your behind and work your steps. There's no reason to keep this anger. Yes, we will be angry because it's a human emotion, but we don't have to act out and lash out at people or lash out at ourselves and go eat. So uh, there's hope, folks. And so with that, I will pass. Thank you. And thank you, Rocky. I Okay, Karen S., we're glad you're back. Please go ahead. Hi, this is Karen S. Can you hear me? I can. Oh, thank you. Um, this is Karen S. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, I had an aha moment as I was listening to the previous meeting um, and this meeting and that I grew up always thinking there was one way to do things. And that was my parents' way. And as I grew older, I thought my way was the one way to do things. 
and I spent years trying to convince people to agree with me. And if you didn't agree with me, then I believed you were wrong because there's only one way. And as I sat here and listening, and I'm listening, I just had this realization that there is not just one way to look at an issue or to live my the people's lives. And so I'm, I feel like a light bulb has gone off in my brain and in my heart um, that I'm hoping allows me to be more accepting of other people. And even if I don't agree with a person, I don't have to convince them to do things my way. And that is um, such a big aha moment for me. Um, I'm on vacation. I've been on vacation for a month. And right now we're doing part of our vacation visiting my husband's family. And it's not about me. And I have just been praying, um, God help me, go with the flow. I don't have to be the director. I don't have to control everybody. And I am having the most wonderful visit with my husband's family. And I never was able to do that before I worked the steps and before I've learned to let God run my life and that I'm not the director. And it's so much is because of the sick man's prayer. And now I say it all the time. And I'm just so very grateful for these meetings. And I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Karen S. Okay, I believe it's Sherry K. Beecher. Sherry, yes, good morning. good morning, Janice. Good morning, everybody. Mm-hmm. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovery Compulsive Eye Reader. Thank you so much for your service. And good morning to everybody on the line. Uh, this is such powerful paragraphs, just so powerful, and it's, and it's, it's the key to my future. Um, absolutely. It holds the key to everything that I do from here on out um, with doing these columns, doing the sports step. Um, I just want to go back for a minute to, I love looking up definitions and they, ha- they have here the grouch and the brainstorm. So the grouch means long-standing anger, complaining, habitually irritable, stumbling, whining, sulking. And brainstorm means fits of rage. So um, that was very helpful for me to, to know those definitions of what they were describing. Because I'm kind of like, like someone else said, I'm kind of slow. And then it's all of a sudden it's, Everything's just burning me up. Um, So what I'm looking at, and I I love this as well, it says we're prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. Um, Instead of uh, playing the blame game, you know, I'm just looking at, I'm looking at life in an entirely different way. It's not I've done this, you've done that. It's more of just looking at it in a totally different way because what's happening here is it's preparing me to start living my life in a totally different way, and this is how it works. This is why we're in how it works. And so I have to look at the things that I have dominated me, fancied or real, and, um, and, and of course, I, I, I'm always looking for things in this book, and I found, you know, I've read this book so many times, gone with it through so many sponsees, and I found the word must again, and it's so important. We saw that these resentments must be mastered, but how? And what I do know is that I can't master my own resentments. Only my higher power can take them away from me. Um, I can write them down, get them out of my head, and the only thing that's going to clear those up is a higher power, not me. Um, 
And so I, I have a prayer here for a sick man's prayer. And, you know, just to give my own personal example, um, I, I grew up in an alcoholic home. My mother was an alcoholic. It seemed like every Sunday she was passed out and it was family day. And, you know, she never made family day because she was passed out. Okay, fast forward many, many years later, I'm married. My husband happens to love to take naps on Sunday. And guess what? It totally triggers me, totally triggers me. And I think I'm taking it personal. I think it's all about him. And you know what? It's my own trigger that I still need to do some uh, inventory around and look at because I've allowed it to run my life. Fancied or real, it has ran my life. And so today, just even this weekend, I started realizing that. And it's because of the work. <clears throat> it's because of living in 10, 11, and 12. And this is this is a wonderful prayer. And with that, I pass. Thank you, God. Yes. And thank you so much, Reggio. Okay, we still have uh, time, I believe, for three. three Charles members. H. Oh, Charles. Good morning to you. Charles H. Who else? Who else? Sandy S. from Asheville. Okay, Sandy S. as in Sam? Yes. Okay, Sandy. Let's Kathy have one Joe. more. All right, and we'll have Kathy, Kathy Joe. Joe. Got it. Kathy Joe. Okay, we're going to have Charles H. It's your turn, my dear. Thank you, Janice, and for your loyal, lovely service. Lovely service. Thank you. Um, I want to speak to this line, how can we escape? Well, page 29 says, further on, clear-cut directions are given. Um, it doesn't say how we escape, but, um, you know, I want to share a testimony. And, you know, my main goal uh, to get to um, Newark this this September is to make some face-to-face amends. I was boiled up on a line. Why are they doing that? Right? And that's my main goal is to attend those meetings after meetings. And, 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 and that's how we escape. Like, you know what? Vision for you is a renaissance in Overeaters Anonymous. We should be beating down the phone to get on this line. We should be doing that because that's how we can escape. We should be stepping on each other's toes in a loving way because this is the new life. You know, you know how, how, uh, how, how um, I escaped? By wounds. God opened up some wounds and some sores in me. And like, you know what? They don't go away until I acknowledge those sores and be like, you know what, sores? I don't need you today. That's how we escape. We should be on this line. It should be three, four, five thousand people trying to get on this line, trying to share and trying to help the newcomer because that's how we escape. And that's all I wanted to say, Janice. Thank you for your love and service. You had a lot more time. Okay, Sandy S., please, it's your turn. Hi. This is Sandy from North Carolina, uh, recovering, very grateful. Uh, Love that line, the wrongdoings of others, fancied or real, had power to actually kill. When I'm seeing, I'm on my, I'm approaching the 12th step, I'm on the 11th step. I've been in the program since 1974 with, by the grace of God, amazingly long-term back-to-back abstinence. Um, And I say amazingly because I left OA in 1999 because I felt it's very difficult. My needs weren't being met. Everyone was focused on the food. Thank God for vision. I mean, really, I'll start crying. Um, But anyway, 
as I'm doing the ninth step, what do I find out? A lot of the things I feel I've done wrong are fancy. They're not, you know, I'll make amends to the person and they said, I never felt that. And, and I was so blocked off from so many people because of things that were in my mind that I did that, I, that no one ever even knew. But not only that, it's the biggest resentment for me that's very hard to master, very difficult, is the resentment I feel towards myself. That I just don't measure up to being the person I've always wanted to be. Um, I'm someone with a lot of potential that has not fulfilled it in terms of education. And I'm 70 years old now, and I feel, will I ever fulfill it? You know, and I think, like, well, I guess if God wants me to, I will. You know, but, geez, I'm so old already, you know. Um, but anyway, it doesn't matter. One of the things they say is we will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. And that's really important to me. And just one other thing. I never blamed other people. I always knew it was me. I knew it was never the food. It was me, me, me. And how selfish that is. That I never saw. I never saw how self-centered self-hatred is. I thought it was like, you know, just something that affected me, you know, but it's, it's something I really need to be rid of in order to serve other people, and I need to forgive myself for squandering my life. You know, yes, I was abstinent, but no, I was not happy and joyous and free, but I can be now, and that's the important thing. I am a person with a great sense of humor, a real joyful living, and I want to feel that in whatever time's left for me. And with that, I pass. And thank you so much. Um, was that Sandy S? Sandy S, was that you? Because I got a little distracted. Okay, let's go to Kathy Joe. Kathy Hello, Joe, this is Kathy Jo. Can yes, I be okay, heard? Honey. Yes, you can. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, I can. Recovered oh, okay. compulsive overeater here in Minnesota. And I want to say that I got used to the dark. I got used to not feeling the sunlight of the spirit. It felt very comfortable and safe for me. And when I saw you people and met you people, I realized that I want that sunlight of the spirit. I pretended like I didn't want it. And when when I first came back, someone said, to the degree that you can be wrong is the degree that you can be free. And as I listened to that, I thought, not interested. What the heck? And today I am interested, and I believe that 100%. And I came in thinking that I had a weight problem, a food problem, and like you all, I realized I had a living problem And you people continue to teach me how to let go of my living problem, which was my anger, my resentments, the things that I harbored, the things that I had on my list, the people that I never wanted to meet on the street, the people that I could count on my hand and say, these are the ones I will never forgive. I can say now that I am free. There's no one on that list. There's no one I'm afraid to meet on the street. And I feel the sunlight of the spirit. And when I don't feel the sunlight of the spirit, I pick up the phone, I reach out to one of you, and I once again let go of my anger and my resentment and my fears so that I can be free. 
That's what I have, and I'll pass. Thank you. We have three more minutes. Who would like to to close us up? Anybody like to take this time? Okay, I will. Um, Hopefully, my name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. You know, an offender. An offender is one that I'm, I'm dominated by. They they overpower me. They, uh, um, you know, I'm under their spell. I'm in like in a prison. So if they're in my head, how can I possibly let a higher power come in? I can't do that. I have to find out why they're taking space in my head. What is it about me, you know, that I allow this? So now they're saying, okay, how? How am I going to do it? Well, it tells us our course of action, our course of action. This is a guideline on how I can rid of myself for resentments. And the first guideline is treat them as sick people. Treat them as sick people. I used to be in a program. They said, look at them as a one with a bandage around their head. Yeah. They are spiritually sick as I am spiritually sick. And when I continue to take those directions every day, whether I'm recovered or not, I become free. I become more tolerant because I wish that for them. And I become free of self-pity. I, became, I hopefully uh, learn every day to be more patient because thy will be done. God bless them change me. I can't change anybody, but I know my higher power can because I've experienced him changing me. So save me from being angry. And oh boy, was I angry. Angry gal. And uh, today, thank you, God, I can honestly say when a resentment comes up, I just say, God bless them, change me. And I'm free. I'm free. So, okay, we're going to close just for now, but stay, stay for special, for uh Sponsors available, have your pen and pencil ready. So thanks to everyone who has shared this morning. Thank you, thank you to Melissa Kay and Bonnie and John and Gina and, uh, and all of you that are listening. Now I will ask, please, Gina, ah, to please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Go ahead, Gina. Our book, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.